Hey readers, welcome to issue 86 of Retcon, the quarantine year. This week, Doug and I talk about what has become one of our favorite DC Universe stories, Injustice. Plus, it is a video game, so that's a win-win. What happens when Superman snaps and tries to outflex the rest of humanity? Well, spoiler alert, Batman happens, obviously. But we're going to talk about that, so welcome to Retcon, the essential comic cast. Doug. Yep. It's been a minute since we sat down together, but you know, it's not entirely our fault. Um, it's mostly, well, you know what I'm going to blame? What's that? I'm going to blame your yard. Okay. Something, something happened to your yard, man. What happened to your yard? Your yard's been torn up. Uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I decided to say, get all and quit my job and, uh, <laughs> rip up some landscape. I've just been kind of chilling and, uh, doing that ever since. <laughs> right on. Quarantine sent you into a uh, midlife crisis as well. It did. It, no, it, it did. It did. I was actually lucky enough to pick up some work for about four weeks during this whole thing. So I was too. The last two weeks have been land- landscaping. Oh man. Yeah. I, I had like, I had a perfect little part-time gig swoop in mm-hmm. right before quarantine all happened. And it, it's just a job that I've been able to do during quarantine. Mm-hmm. So I've been more beneficial than most, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Um, I actually find myself saying that I'm very grateful for a lot of shit mm-hmm. now. Um, it's not like you. Not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. He's like, fuck this place. Fuck that thing. All the, everything over there in that corner. Fuck it too. <laughs> Let's start a fire. Um, no, I'm actually, um, I'm very, very, very grateful. Um, glad we had to sit down and talk about this. I'm really glad that you finally convinced me to read Injustice. Yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned it during the intro, but it's become one of our favorite. Is it right? Yeah. Me too. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of uh, DC under my belt. As a matter of fact, very, very little at all. Mm-hmm. But this was great. It's one of one of my favorite storylines. I think I've read in in general. It uh, was really good, man. Yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, like we talked about it before. Growing up, uh, DC was a little bit more tougher to read because it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, especially back in the well, the '90s comics were trash anyway. Mm-hmm. But even back in the 80s, they were just a little bit more like campy, more Doctor who or, you know. Very much so. Wordy as well. <laughs> Very wordy. And even just conceptually complicated. Mm-hmm. We, we explored that when we tried to say, we tried, tried to talk about how the Flash gets his powers from Speed Force. Mm-hmm. Um, which we talked about on, Earth, you know, Redcon Earth 1. But now, the, the thing that I like about Injustice is that it's approachable... No matter what, if you just have a base understanding of who the Justice League are, mm-hmm. um, you can you can pick up the rest as you go. There mm-hmm. will there are a bunch of really cool nods in there, like you know, um, well some of the random ones and people that popped up, especially in like year three. Some of the like random characters, yeah, yeah like the deep Ooh, ones. man, Phantom Constantine, Stranger, Constantine. What was the Doctor uh, that was the two person Doctor oh, Occult? Shit, Doc, yeah, and Doctor, Rose something. Yeah, Rose. Yeah, something Rose and Doctor Occult. Yep, because Erdogan. Erdogan. Oh, the demon. Erdogan. Yeah, Erdogan. Erdogan, the demon. Yeah. Um, Spectra, it, of course. Missileplectic. Yeah. Good job by that, by the way. I know you yeah. twitch when you say it, but that's how you say <laughs> it. Um. um there's been they've they've pulled out a lot of stops, um, even just little things like Captain Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you were a Captain Adam fan. I am, yeah. Uh, and seeing seeing the way that they use him, albeit briefly, um, 
and, and you, you said it best, I think, when it came to Injustice. It was like, this is the type of story where, since it's its own contained universe and its own contained thing, like, shit that happened matters. Mm-hmm. Like, in comics, people die, they come back. Yep. Um, but in this, that's, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love the, the aspect that it's written from. You know, it actually reminded me a lot of, um, well, one, The Boys. Um, mm-hmm. Bear with me here. It's not anything like The Boys, but concept-wise, it is. Yeah, Superman's um, And what was the, the, the one that you had me read? The dude had the big O, Rocco, on his chest. Oh, Megalopolis. Megalopolis. Leaving Megalopolis, yeah. Yeah, which was also a great one. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the same concept, you know, what these people can do when left unchecked and mm-hmm. actually functioning as a regular human being. So the, just kind of set up the whole injustice thing. So it's this game that came out, and I, I think it was 2015 it came out, the game itself. But the right. game was wildly popular, like crazy mm-hmm. popular. And so um, they wrote, I think they wrote the backstories after the game came out. Yeah, they did. Um, so what they did was they were going to come out with Injustice 2, so they wrote this whole backstory leading up to the events that happened in Injustice and then led up to the game. Mm-hmm. Then you had the game, uh, and then you have uh, Injustice 2, and then the game Injustice 2. I can't right. remember exactly how all that goes. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyways, everything that's written, though, is written for this game, for the bit set up this game. So none of it is canon, I guess is how you say. None of it is DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't stick. It's just a single solitary storyline. Mm-hmm. And that storyline is what would happen if Superman goes crazy. Yeah, it has nothing to do with... This, this isn't part of, you know, All-Star Batman. This isn't part of... Of action comics this isn't part of any of the main the main stories that have been happening or been either happening through DC or being cut off and blown up and restarted through DC because I I think this storyline kept going independent of what was happening with New Fifty Two and Reboot. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it kept going. And the best part about it is, like you said, when someone dies, they stay dead. Mm-hmm. There's none of this retconning them, putting them back in. There's none of this. Jason Todd comes back from the death for his tenth time. It's just when you're dead, you're dead, and it's great. There is a so like talk. There's something I want to talk about getting to that. Um, like I remember. Okay, but first I'll say this. Like I remember when the Injustice game came out. It was really popular because it was DC characters all mm-hmm. beating the shit out of each other. And how do you do that? How does Batman stand toe to toe to Superman without something? You know, without mm-hmm. a suit, without some kryptonite. Uh, and that's what this story kind of sets up. Um, but uh, before then, like, so the people that made it was Nether Realm. Nether Realm mm-hmm. uh, used to be Midway, and Midway, and they're all owned by Warner Brothers now. Mm-hmm. Um, they made Mortal Kombat, so Ed Boon's been a part of that. Um, Ed Boon was one of the original creators of Mortal Kombat. Uh, they came out with a game before Injustice that was really dumb. Um, it wasn't very, it wasn't a very good game. I didn't like it, but it was Mortal Kombat versus DC. Oh, it's a video game. Yeah, but. There's because the DC characters were in there, they weren't allowed to have fatalities. At least not like real fatalities. You know, like no one's getting their head ripped off because they don't want to see Batman getting their head ripped off. Mm -hmm. So they had fatalities that wouldn't do any type of brutalizing. Which come on, that's not that's not a fatality, right? Um, And then came Injustice, and people were wondering like, is this going to be more of our brutal Mortal Kombat kind of game? Turns out it's not, but it didn't need to be because the storyline was that good. The gameplay was that good. People mm-hmm. that enjoy uh, fighting games, uh, they still go and play Injustice games at tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the game came out, and I remember playing the game only because 
I wanted to know what the storyline was. Mm -hmm. Now, you had said you can go and watch these on YouTube. You can. So the game has got fantastic cutscenes. Mm -hmm. Like, the way the game set up, it's a fighting game. So obviously you can play one-on-one fighting with, with someone else. You can get online and do all that stuff. But it also has a story mode. And the story mode is what we're more going to talk about. Not because we don't really we're not talk yeah, about We're not going to talk about combos. We're not games and gamers or stuff yeah. like that. But the story mode is what it is. And the story mode is fantastic because what you'll do is you'll go through and it'll walk you through like all these cutscenes, and then you'll have a fight. Right. And so you can actually go on and YouTube the Injustice cutscenes, And it's about... Two plus hours of cutscenes and stuff. Some of them you'll find are a little bit longer because they'll actually show you fight. They'll show themselves fighting in it. Um, some of them will just skip the fight and go to whoever is supposed to win or whatever. But it's great. It tells the whole story. Like it's it's its own movie. Really, if you just watch that cutscenes, it's an entertaining animated movie. Honestly, that's the way I I remember whenever I played it. Like it was the kind of game where like you you play as like I don't know one character for a few fights and then another character for a few fights mm-hmm. and just yeah. follows characters through the stories. Yep. Um, I don't remember hardly anything about the game, which uh, so I've read Injustice. Um, the Injustice Year One through Year Five is the precursor to the game Injustice One. Mm-hmm. Um, now they retell the events of Injustice, the video game, in a side story called uh, Injustice Ground Zero. Yes, and uh, Harley Quinn tells it. So Harley Quinn tells the story of the video game in Injustice Ground Zero. So you actually don't even even have to watch the cutscenes to understand Injustice because you can just read Ground Zero and it's basically the game from Harley's point of view. I mean, Harley Quinn would be a... I, I find Harley Quinn to be a better narrator and storyteller than probably anybody on YouTube. No offense to everyone <laughs> right. on YouTube. Yeah, I do watch YouTube. And by the way, Blasphemy, I do play video games. Um, not, you know, not to a crazy degree because I'm an adult. Right. Uh, but so with Injustice though Injustice year one through year five this is the build up to the game Uh, I don't remember the events of the game Mm -hmm. because I played it over five years ago Mm -hmm. and I don't think I'm going to forget the comic Mm -hmm. this was a really surprising thing it was just uh, about a month ago um, I was telling a good friend of mine that I that you had told me to read this and I was just like, I haven't gotten around to starting it and I need to and mm-hmm. I just don't really feel like reading. And her point was just like, well, do it anyway. Just just go read it. It was like, what are, you, what, are, like, what are you on about? Just go read it. And I was like, yeah, that's a real simple way to put it. And so the next day when I was at work, I had nothing to do. And so I just, I, you would, you sent over, you know, we have DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, saw, I saw it on there, immediately pulled it up and started reading it. And in that First day I read, see, there's like 33, 34 issues in year one. Mm-hmm. I read about 20, 20 to 30 issues. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of story, it reminded me, remember when I told you to check out stuff like uh, uh, Sinestro Core War, mm-hmm. which is basically a lot of big CG, big CG fights mm-hmm. happening in comics with the Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even like uh, Blackest Night, Brightest Day, those storylines from mm-hmm. Green Lantern are really good. This was, it reminded me of that. Like, it grabbed my attention, mm-hmm. it pulled me in, and I just, I, like, I had to keep reading it because, like, it was, it was moving. Like, it was a fast moving story. Yeah. It, it, it was really good, man. I, I really did enjoy it. I read it probably. <laughs> so I found it right. So I got laid off on March, the night of March 15th. 
March 16th, you know, I kind of figured, tried to figure out what I was going to do. But then that whole next week, my wife was like, ah, just take some time. Because they actually paid me until the 22nd. Nice. Because we didn't know what was going on at the mm-hmm. time. So I was just like, ah, just screw it. I just, so I just took that. I would literally, there was one day where I read six and a half hours. Just yeah. reading comics. Yeah. Because I didn't have anything else to do. Um, now, did you only read Injustice? Yeah, that's it. I just kept reading it straight. Wow. till it was done. Um, I would have fallen asleep, but I totally understand. Uh, this was not... I, I'm, if I said six and a half hours straight, I misquoted. It was six and a half hours in one day, but I like took a break in there because okay. I did. I've, sometimes I'll fall asleep. My head, <laughs> my head will just, I'll fall out. I'll wake up like 30 minutes later. I was reading some today, actually. Um, at the, and, and while reading, I, I found myself nodding out because that just happens. It does. Um, which is a real dilemma whenever we do a podcast about reading fucking comic books. <laughs> comic books and napping. That'll be an, that'll be that'd be that'd be the that should be the title of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Comic book comics and naps, or comics and not naps. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so year one, um, I want to talk about this one just a little bit. So I I did remember that the game in the game Superman's the main villain. Yes. Uh, the reason why Superman's the main villain is that he went nuts and he's tried to um, exact like a imperial rule over. Mm-hmm. Um, the Earth, basically martial law. Martial law, enforcement of peace. You have no option. Yes. The entire yes, the, on the entire Earth. The entire Earth, no fucking option. Peace only. And the reason why this came about was because he snaps and he kills the Joker. Mm-hmm. Now, um, from here on out, just to tell you that we're going to talk, we're going to be talking spoilers about all of Injustice uh, years one through five, and. Don't let that discourage you because it's one of those things where whenever you hear something like so-and-so dies, that is minuscule in comparison. Would you just drop me on her? My, yes. <laughs> My wedding ring. <laughs> so, yes, basically. Right. Um, uh, well, it's what a tungsten. It's tungsten? Yeah. So, let's see here. Year one, the reason why Superman ends up snapping. The Joker... Um, decides he's bored with Superman or bored with Batman. Batman's a compli- he even says like Batman's like a complicated character. You're difficult to, to pin down and, and, and get to. He chose to he chose so he chose to go after Superman because he said it would be someone who would be easy mm-hmm. to manipulate. And he does that by uh, kidnapping Lois Lane and that sets Superman off. Now, at the beginning, the very first issue of, uh, of Injustice, Superman wakes up in a startle, but not because there's something bad happening, but be- because for the first time in his life, he hears two other heartbeats in, his, in, his, in, his, in their apartment mm-hmm. in Metropolis. It's Lois Lane, and she's pregnant with this child. Um, and he's kind of he's filled with joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, knowing that, Lois Lane... Um, they have a really good moment. I remember her telling him, you know, go save the world. Go mm-hmm. do what you're supposed to do. I'll, and, and don't worry about me. And she, and, she's, and he's like, well, you go save the world too because she's a reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go their separate ways. Joker ends up kidnapping her and connects a bomb to her mm-hmm. where if her heart stops, then a nuclear device goes off in Metropolis. In trying to save her, super, uh, Joker unleashes Doomsday on Superman and mm-hmm. Superman the first issue ends with Superman entering a fight with Doomsday and launching him off in outer space mm-hmm. that's how the first issue ends now we find out in issue 2 that uh, Batman has been doing investigating into this as well mm-hmm. leading up to it and he's found Scarecrow um, 
famous for his scarecrow toxin, which drives you crazy mm-hmm. and makes you see shit, has um, he said he finds scarecrow dead from Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's got that twisted Cheshire grin on his face, and Superman. He's now realizing what's happening. Superman has been tricked. It is he's used the fear toxin on him, kryptonite. It is not Doomsday that he's attacked, but Lois and the unborn child. And Superman realizes this as he sees his now dead wife floating in space that he's just killed her. Yep. And um, no, there's no heartbeats. No, and uh, he just loses it. Oh, however, well, he does lose it. However, the kicker is Joker, while kidnapped, or while Lois Lane was kidnapped, Joker has attached a trigger to a nuclear device in Metropolis that will go off once her heart stops. Right. And so that... So once he takes her into outer space, she's floating there lifeless. Metropolis also blows up and gets annihilated. So Joker tricks Batman into not only killing his wife and unborn child. Superman, sorry. Obviously I'm trained for for the other. But um, And in doing so, he also... It it destroys Metropolis. Everyone they know. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we even see the murder of... Oh, during the kidnap of Lois Lane, we see the murder of uh, Jimmy Olsen. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Because they're investigating him. Hmm? Does Joker shoot him? Yeah, Joker shoots him. That's right. Straight through his camera. And that's how he gets... And that's how he, That's when he kidnaps Lois. Uh, so, you know, obviously this is what starts to break. Um, Batman has already kidnapped... Batman had kidnapped... Batman has already uh, taken Joker into custody. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's got him in the interrogation room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when Superman finds him. And that's when he's asking him, he's like, why did you do this to him? Like, why? And he was like, I just wanted something easy to do. I wanted an easy target. He's like, you're all complicated. Right. He's like, him? Ugh. The, the, the Boy Scout? He's easy money, you know? That's the kind of writing that kind of goes into Injustice that's, that, that, make, that, I, that I really enjoy. It's mm-hmm. because it's these small, um, tiny morsels of good characters that we know, or even if you don't know them, they're just good segments of characters that are written really well. And Tom Taylor does this incredibly well for the first three years, or first two and a half years. Second two and a half years are Brian, Brian Bocello. And um, uh, his, that, I mean, we can get to those in, in a bit, but Tom Taylor does a fantastic job. I'm very excited about Injustice 2 because he comes back to write all of it. Mm-hmm. So um, Superman goes crazy. And I, 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 if I remember correctly, like Flash, Green Lantern, they're so, all trying to warn Batman. That Superman went crazy. I'm so I'm, I read it so quickly that I yeah. kind of get my years jumbled up. From what I remember, it was but they they're like uh, or no. sequence of events, I should say. They're like Superman's on his way, and they're like nothing's about to stop. Oh, him. to when he's with Joker. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So he hasn't killed Joker. No, no, no. And he's telling he's telling and, and, and Batman's telling Joker like I'm not going to be able to stop him. Mm, I remember that. Nothing's yeah. going to be able to stop him. You know what you've done, and sure enough, like Superman comes in. Batman's trying to plead with him, and he just plunges his hand straight through Joker's heart. Now, I told you I didn't like that artwork. However, Mm -hmm. the hand through the chest part of it was amazing. I just didn't like the faces on Superman and Batman. Yeah, they were definitely very animated, because Batman is shook. Yeah. But the hand, Mm -hmm. the detail of the hand with the blood on it, yeah, it was was a good one. Oh, yeah, he he gored right through the right Mm -hmm. fucking through Joker. I mean... um, of course, this sets off Harley. You know, Harley is now distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's Oliver Queen who ends up kidnapping Harley to protect her from Superman. Mm-hmm. Takes her to the Arrow Cave. Quiver. 
Yeah, as she jokingly says, you know, that's a dumb name. Bat cave makes sense. Bats live in caves. Arrows don't live in a cave. She called it the quiver. And he's like, that's actually a much better name. It's a running joke through the whole... Yeah, the ongoing joke is like, yeah, the quiver? Oh, that's a much better name. Um, so yeah, year one though, uh, your main player, you know, some of the other main players other than Batman and Superman, you've got, you know, Black Canary and Green and uh, Green Arrow, who are a really good uh, dynamic couple. Um, there's uh, a lot Harley of... Quinn. There's a lot of Black Canary and Green Arrow throughout the whole... Yeah, the first year or two. And um, Cyborg, Flash... Wonder Woman. And this seems to be even an ongoing trend with Wonder Woman. So, like, Superman gets fed up. He wants nothing like this to ever happen to anyone ever again. Batman knows you've just crossed the line. This is the dilemma that a lot of people have when it comes to talking about the way these characters are in comics. Especially Batman with his whole, you don't kill. Mm -hmm. But this really showcases why you don't kill. Mm -hmm. What could happen? Yeah, like, what? It, it took you killing one person for, to, get to, to get justice now. Right. But now to get your goal, what are you gonna? What's gonna stop right. you? It's the bloodlust, man. Once you realize that you can control everyone, even though you already knew it, once mm -hmm. you actually do it and you realize what you can do, what are you gonna do to stop yourself? Which there's a scene between him and him and Flash that that talk about right. that that I really like. What kind of willpower and moral compass do you really have, Superman? Because so Superman ends up deciding to disarm the entire world. He holds a press. They hold a press conference. Um, him and the Justice League that stand with him. Obviously not Batman when it comes to this. Uh, they all join together and they they're, 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 he announces to the world to lay down your weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and this is a trend though that happens with Diana, Wonder Woman, uh, in a lot of these stories. Remember Superman Red Sun? You mm -hmm. read that, right? Uh, no, I haven't. You actually. haven't read that one? No. Is that a good one? It is very good. I'll very good. She, she said, like, I mean, because... She's a warrior princess. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she's princess of Themyscira, but she's also a warrior. Mm -hmm. So anytime Superman... There's a storyline where Superman's like, I think it's time to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman ends up antagonizing. Yes. She's just always like beside... Remember in... Are you talking about, you're talking about Injustice specifically? In Injustice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was definitely an, the antagonizing. Because like you read, you read Kingdom Come. Uh, no. I read Crisis on Infinite Earths. I have not read Kingdom Come oh. yet. See, we got a lot of... Okay, well... Even in Kingdom Come, whenever Superman comes out of retirement and that to deal with these new superheroes that are kind of going, you know, uh, going to Cavalier and Vigilante on shit. Um, he comes out of retirement and starts going a little ham on everybody. Wonder Woman's right there like, you know what? Nah, we got this is how we got to do it. I feel like that's how she is in a lot of these like one-off storylines or whatever. What was the one where uh, the Flashpoint storyline? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it her and Arthur battling and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one, and they killed so many people. Yeah, they were, but that was because, God, who? Uh, sh they were in uh, Thymuscara, Thymuscara, I think, in or were they in Atlanta? And basically, Wonder Woman's get accused of killing Mera. I can't remember if she That's actually right. Did Wonder Woman accidentally killed, or she was accused of killing Mera. Mera was uh, jealous of her or something, right? And right. They died in the fight. Yeah. She died in a um, fight. But it was, wasn't really Wonder Woman's fault. But didn't. I can't remember. And now I'm... Mm. But yes, anyway, the war was between the Amazonians and the Atlanteans. Atlanteans, yeah. So, so yeah, I feel like when there's these storylines with these one-offs that aren't part of the continuum, or aren't going to be a part mm -hmm. of the continuum, they just make her this awful person. Well, what? at least at least in that storyline and now in Justice. Oh, she's always an antagonist. She's always a warrior antagonist. She wants to fight. Yeah, I shouldn't say awful person, but she's just talking about killing people. Yeah, time. she has no problem. She has no problem like nope. flipping that switch on and becoming, becoming the soldier warrior that she is. Uh, but she's the daughter of Zeus. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of goes with that territory as well. Has that always been her storyline? 
I feel no. like I didn't know that until recently. No, but uh, even back in like Silver Age, it, it, it's been that way since then. Oh, okay. Um, I think it became like with the whole mud baby. I can't have a baby, and it was like it was like I made a baby out of mud, and then like Zeus brought it to life, and that just turned out to be a cover story because Zeus and um, Hippolyta, her mother, um, had an affair. Got it. Which obviously comes into play later on in the line. In Injustice. Injustice Year 4 deals with that a lot. Yes. No, anyway. Speaking of that real quick, did yeah, you yeah. notice there's a theme in each each year? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so like, we can year, talk about that. But. So like year one, year one was pretty simple. Um, the resistance. Was. Yeah, exactly. It was the resistance. Batman. Year two, um, that's where we bring in Green Lanterns. Green Lantern Corps. It's all about yep. the Lantern Corps, uh, which is a lot of fun. Sinestro is a great villain. And then year three is the dark, the dark side yep. of DC. The magic. The, all the magic guys. John Constantine, Etrigan, you know, the, the Spectre, Mexopixlic, mm-hmm. uh, Trigon, a lot of these people. Oh, are yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Raven, of course, Trigon's daughter. Big role in it, yep. John Constantine had a real big role in it. Yeah, he was he was, he was the main character as far yeah. as I know. As far as I'm year three, year yeah, three, pretty much. Which made year three one of my favorite years. Um, to see the magic side of DC dealing with, you know... Evil Emperor Superman, mm-hmm. uh, and then Year Four. Year Four was about the Diana side, the gods, the, the, the gods, yeah. uh, the gods of, of Mount Olympus. And then Year Five is about bringing in the events that lead to the the game. Well, yeah, what, basically what it is is Batman opens another dimension and brings in the counterparts of the superheroes he needs. Yeah, basically the way the game works, Superman from the other dimension defeats Superman. Well, yeah, because you have to have Superman. Because in the game, you have to have. I mean, what happens if your buddy on set player two right. wants to play Superman two? Yeah. You got to have two Superman. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, there's the themes. And I interrupted you. Were, we were talking about we were talking about uh, Wonder Woman and Diana, and then I interrupted. Yeah, no, but that's how Wonder Woman's always been. She's always been a fucking antagonizer. That's also why, like, but that's a, okay. So we're. I, I mentioned earlier about like tiny morsels of these characters that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about some of those moments. Gotcha. Just little moments. One that sticks out to me was uh, whenever Batman and Superman uh, ha- in year one they're having a conversation about this shit. Making love? I don't know. You're touching your fingers together. I'm they weren't. They, they were touching tips. When we were, oh. They were, they were touching oh, tips. Bumping heads. It, just angry. It was angry boners just touching tips. <laughs> um, but the reason why they were touching tips is because uh, like Batman is Batman is chastising Superman for everything he's doing. It's like Think about the repercussions of what you're doing. You're trying to disarm the world. You cannot enforce peace. Peace has to be a choice. And Superman's like, don't. He's like, he's like, he's like, what do you mean? What would you do if you had my power? Do not sit there and act act holier than me, Bruce. And Batman tells him, he's like, no, I'm definitely not. Like, like I would be a monster if I had your abilities. But that's the whole point, Clark. You're better than I am. You've mm-hmm. always been the better man. Mm-hmm. And like that's like, but to, for Batman to admit that and to say it out loud, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Right. You know, I mean, you don't want to, but it, when you're put in that situation where you're just going to be that honest with, with one of your best friends and best enemies, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, yeah, you've always been a better man. Mm-hmm. Like, and this isn't you. You're not supposed to do this. Like, that's the reason why I love Injustice is because you do get that in all the other comics. Yes, you do get really good character moments. And we've talked about a lot of these, but... To see it showcased in this way and across such like this huge swath of the DC universe is is what I like about it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, what's what's one you got? Do you get something? I the the thing that I like about the whole storyline is just seeing. I really like to see, I guess you could say, the human side of it all. Like, what these people really would do if they had all this power. You know, I like reading comic books. I like, the, you know, the bubblegum shit. These guys never do anything wrong. Right. That's why, actually, as an adult, I think DC's kind of, I'm going to, as I get deeper into it, because it's always been a little darker than Marvel, it feels like. Um, a little more mature. Guttural, too. Yeah. You know? But um, I just like to see what they would do with this power and seeing when they kill somebody. Because when they kill somebody, when you're reading this and you know they're not coming back, that's when it's like, oh, shit. They just killed them. They're done. I'm not going to see them the rest of the... And you, they could kill somebody in like year one. And uh-huh. you're reading like year four, year five. And you're like, man, it would be... Where's so-and-so? It'd be perfect if he just came in right now. And mm-hmm. like, I forgot, then you remember. I forgot oh, they dead. killed Black Adam. Yep. Like they... like um, And and Diana... It's like Diana Shazam... Or Diana. Why do I keep calling her that? We're not formal like that. Wonder Woman um, and Shazam and Flash, Cyborg. Like they all team up and take on... They, they get Black Adam and they get him to say his word to where he loses his power... But because he's so old, because Black Adam's yep. been Black Adam since like Egyptian times, um, he ends up dying mm-hmm. by giving up his power. And and like Flash is talking about how like fucked up that is, that like we just forced him to kill himself. And at the time, like Wonder Woman's whole point is, yeah, well, do you know who he is? Do you know what he's capable of? We had to we had to remove him. He would see he's one of the ones who'd be able to stop us. <laughs> right. And like, and they should have drawn Flash with the side, giving her the side eye, going, "I know what you are." And and as you and I talked about, like, like there's some really good shit that happens with Shazam mm-hmm. uh, throughout like years, especially year three, dealing yeah, with the dark. He's and the, the one that the one that throughout the comic you can see him. So he comes down on Superman's side in the beginning. Yeah, but he's like the one that you can see him and Flash are the two biggest ones that you can see changing. Like throughout the whole series as it's writing, they're getting more and more of this. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what, are we really doing this? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're the, the moral compass starts to go start pointing more north for those two guys than it does everyone else. And so it's, it's kind of neat to see that, too. Whereas where, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but towards the end, mm-hmm. Flash is actually helping the resistance. And so and but like with the with like shit like Black Adam, like seeing Shazam, I remember thinking that with just what you've said, though, seeing Shazam like uh lose his powers at one point um, during year four and and I'm thinking like you know well, where's Black Adam because mm-hmm. if, Sh- if Shazam we both know magic destroys Superman Super- it's like Superman's powers have, have like magic just eats right through anything mm-hmm. that Superman so my thought was like well, why can't Black Adam just come in now like who's going to stop him Shazam doesn't have any Shazam's not not here currently mm-hmm. and then it, and then just like you said I com- almost completely forgot that they had already taken Shazam out or I'm sorry Black Adam out mm-hmm. but every time someone like that dies it reminded me of like reading or watching The Walking Dead mm-hmm. to where you're like oh no not them right oh shit because at the end of year one um, Superman has gone through and um, he's already gotten into war with Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. <laughs> not the ATL, bro. No, not the ATL. Um, even though good luck on getting to put the guns down. It's Georgia. Um, no, he's not fighting. He's, he's, he's fighting King Arthur. Right. He's um, not fighting Andre 3000. He's not boy. fighting Andre 3000. I don't know if he'd win that fight. Uh, it depends upon the fight. <laughs> if it was a fight of style, Superman's dead a hundred times over. Yep. But... Uh, Aquaman, Arthur shows up. They fight, and his whole point is get the fuck out of the ocean. Because um, oh no, Arthur starts attacking whalers. Yeah, and Superman's like Wonder Woman shows up. And Arthur, yo, 
just trying to be cool. We don't do that. We don't do that anymore. He's like, uh, what are you talking Yo, about? Chill, bro. Chill. He's like, yeah, we don't fight anymore. It's about peace. And he's like, uh, and I'm just, this is one of those times I'm thinking, yeah, he's, he's like, he's, he's not killing the whalers. He's destroying their boats. I mean, but they, they're like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. You can't attack surface. And, um, which leads to a big fight. And it's a low blow, but was it like Green Lantern? Cyborg, Wonder Woman, all go down to the bottom of the ocean. Shazam, Shazam, not Cyborg. Shazam, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Superman. Yeah, they all go down and they pick up Atlantia, Atlantis. Why do I keep saying? I don't know. Why can't I not fucking say Atlanta? They pick up Atlantis and drop it in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Yeah, and they're like, Arthur, you want your, you want you, what do you, what do you want? Do you want to keep up this pointless war? Which, dude. Arthur, like, like Injustice shows how badass Aquaman is. Not like theoretical, none of that shit. Like, <laughs> My favorite thing with Aquaman is that people give him so much shit and they're like, yeah, but your power's in the ocean. Yeah, 66% of the world is it, bitch. And he flexes into where, like, they talk about how, like, no, this is like myth, this is not real, but the fucking Kraken shows up and um, starts. Starts laying waste. I mean, it locks up Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman gets trapped. Superman's fighting a Kraken. And he, he deploys, like, his his uh, ocean forces. God, that sounds fucking weird saying it that way. <laughs> but he's, he, de- he deploys, uh, what? They, uh, I'm sorry, keep going, keep going. He no. just, but he deploys all of his soldiers onto the coasts of the world. Like, they show, like, like all throughout Australia, America. Like, everywhere was an ocean. He's like, remember, your world stops where my world begins. Doesn't, does Superman kill Ocean Master in Injustice? Or am I thinking of a different story? I think you're thinking of a different one, because I don't remember seeing Ocean Master. Okay. And I would definitely remember that fish face thing he's got going yeah. on. Okay. Uh, I was, must be thinking of something else. But it's only after they, they kidnap Atlantis out of the bottom of the ocean and drop it off in the, in the Sahara Desert that they're like, that, that uh, Arthur's like, fine, I'll back off. Don't fucking come in my water, and I'm not coming on land. And you don't hear from him again until year four. Yeah. Um, I love that shit, because I, I, like, I, I always like Aquaman. I don't, like, I've tried reading Aquaman comics, and they're okay. I enjoy them. But I like, I like it when he shows up in things like this. Mm-hmm. Side note, I don't care what everybody else says. I didn't really care for the movie. But. Oh, the Aquaman movie? Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Jason Momoa's was not a very good actor. I'm sorry. Dude, Jason Momoa, yeah, no, Jason Momoa was not. Jason I mean, Momoa he's was pretty. Good. He's good at one thing. He's good at Cal Drogo. Yeah. He's good at Cal Drogo. I mean, he looks good on the screen. Yeah, he's a good looking yeah. dude. He's a fucking good yeah. looking dude. But then he talks and he gets yeah. a little bro you know? But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite, so were we doing favorite moments, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite moments, I think, is just the Superman in the, in the yellow lantern uniform. Uh, that that was, I probably just kept, I probably went over that. That drawing, like just looking at mm-hmm. it for five minutes, it was, it was great. I loved it, and I thought it was the the artwork was really good. When he, I think he's sitting on a throne or something, isn't he? Yeah. He when is, they show yeah. him, he's sitting in a chair or something, and he's all in the yellowed out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit! And then I realized, does 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 this really make him that much more powerful? Because he pretty much destroys the Green Lantern's light things. It's it's just a huge layer on right. top of it. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, whenever they make light constructs. Well, see, that's the thing. Light constructs that are made by, for example, Green Lanterns. Green Lanterns' emotion is will, willpower. Mm-hmm. Um, Hal Jordan has such a great willpower that he can make constructs that Superman can don't doesn't really break. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, but each each Green Lantern is of different power. 
like kind of how they use their abilities based mm-hmm. on their own, you know, right. ability. Uh, and I remember in previous comics, for example, they had to move a planet one time. And so Green Lantern created a construct around an entire planet and strapped it to Superman and Superman flew and moved that entire planet. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So he didn't break that. Uh, but now we got this. Yeah. Um, year one ends with um, them Batman hatching a plan and the Resistance hatching a plan to uh, make to basically make their own super soldier because Lex Luthor, who for whatever reason oh, is friends it, with Superman, is the year one when they were stealing the the the, the pills. Yes, the pills. Okay. Lex Luthor, so which makes, we haven't talked about yet. No, Lex Luthor makes he he makes this uh, this pill that you can give to a human and make give them the power of a Kryptonian. Does that mean they're the strongest Superman? No, but. You know, you're getting up there with like General Zod and his and his lackeys, right? Um, or you know, like Supergirl, Superboy, and that's pretty ridiculous. That's still ridiculously powerful. And they've got an in pill form. Why? Because you're gonna have a video game where these people are gonna stand toe to toe with Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, Green Arrow. They break into the Fortress of Solitude. Green Arrow. Um, so he's firing arrows at Clark. Or Superman, and he's on his own. Mm-hmm. And while there, they find out that that's where Mon Pa Kentar. That was a cool part too. Yeah. Mirror, Mirror Master kidnapping, working for the government, decides to kidnap the Kents mm-hmm. from Smallville. Superman, of course, flips the fuck out. You just kidnap Superman's parents, right? And I think even Batman tells, yeah, Batman like kidnaps the president, or no, he he corners the president in a hallway, in a dark hallway, mm-hmm. and the president's like, "How did you? You can't do that. How'd you get here?" He's like, "Come on, dude, really." Right. <laughs> have you never, like... I mean, I'm fucking Batman. Right. He's just like, um, I'm Batman? Yeah, I'm a Batman. And, and he tells me, he's like, how stupid, how dumb are you? The most powerful being we know. And you just kidnapped his parents? And you think that's going to stop him? And, of course, Raven ends up ripping a Mirror Master out of his, his dimension, saving the Kents. Superman locks him up in, in the Fortress of Solitude. And... They're, uh, so Green Arrow is there and they're trying to steal this drug that's going to make humans really powerful so that way they can have their own army. Of course, Superman's making his own army because he just needs he needs his own police force. And they decide to start him out at Gotham City which is a big old fuck you to Batman. Right. Um, and Jim Gordon which Jim Gordon dude Jim Gordon and Alfred Pennyworth are sleeper just yeah. sleep, sleep wonders for the stories. But uh, Green Arrow, one of his arrows bounces off of Superman and hits Pa Kent in, in, uh, in his shoulder. And super, that's, where, that's where you see Superman goes red and um, beats Green Arrow to death by, you know, with his hands. However, Green Arrow did get one arrow off that Superman didn't notice. Right. That had a pill attached to it. Because mm-hmm. Green Arrow, the reason he was fighting Superman alone is because he had gotten separated from Batman and Black Canary. And I think Catwoman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, surely you didn't notice the disparity of powers in this whole... What do you mean? I mean, surely you noticed the disparity of powers in this whole storyline. Oh, yeah, but I was okay with it. Okay. I mean, they always made it work out, but... Yeah, like, 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 for example, how powerful Black Canary could be? (laughs) Well, what I'm saying is Superman has all the powers. He has all the power... And all the powerful people. Mm-hmm. And it's Batman and people with essentially no powers. Yeah, Catwoman. Like, for instance, you know, they made a big deal about how Green Arrow got separated from everyone. I mean, I just said that. Right. However, what would Bat- Batman, Catwoman, and Black Canary done? I mean, the only one who would have really stood a chance is, like, 
We can assume Batman has a kryptonite ring. Yeah, on his belt. he's gonna, and then Black Canary can probably maybe disorient Superman for a minute. But how are they gonna get away? No one's super fast. She's got the screaming thing, and that's the thing. Like Black, like Superman is susceptible to screaming shit, right? Um, or whatever. But but they're in Antarctica. If they make him disoriented, yeah, he'll he'll they could they could fly for two hours and be a quarter of the way home, and Superman's gonna catch him when he finds once he finally wakes up. So. <clears throat> Yeah, like Green Arrow fires that I'm sorry, is that too logical? No, no, it's true. Green Arrow fires fires his arrow off. They find it. The arrow has the tracker that Batman kept on him and a pill attached to it. And Black Canary knows what that means. And she's, of course, sad because Black Canary's pregnant. There's kind of a trend here. That's right. And uh, um, now, one of the things I didn't care for... So Black Canary ends up having having the baby. Yes. I believe they name him Connor. Yeah, Um, I think you're right, yeah. And so... Uh, Dr. Fate intervenes because and Dr. Fate never really intervenes because he's too powerful too and if he did then everything would be fixed by Dr. Fate mm-hmm. <laughs> but he intervenes on one accord and that's because when Black Canary gets killed by Superman um, she he takes her newborn to another world where and he reunites Black Canary and 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 uh, he re- Queen he re- reunites this dimension's Black Canary that yes, gave birth to the other dimensions. So actually Oliver Queen came in from the other dimension way earlier than everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. They brought him over. Dr. Fate brings him over in the Fate world or whatever his Yes. Wherever he is, the Superman can't see. He was like he was like, This Oliver Queen is not the Oliver Queen that you married. Right. However, this Oliver Queen lost Black Canary. Dinah. In, lost Dinah in, in his world. And you lost Oliver mm-hmm. Queen in your world. Yes. And then this produces one of my favorite, if not favorite when they go back to the Arrow Cave, mm-hmm. and Harley's there, and I believe the, the whole interaction is Green Arrow is like, what are you doing here? He says something, I don't know what it is, but he's getting ready to say Arrow Cave, and she screams out quiver mm-hmm. real quick. And it just, I laughed for literally five minutes when I was reading that. It was great. It's a running, it is a running joke in there uh, about how she calls it the quiver, which Kyle already said earlier, but it is actually a pretty good joke. And while standing there, Black Canary on the background goes, yeah, it is actually kind of a better name. It's actually a way better name. <laughs> but uh, I think Green Arrow, I think, looks at her and goes, yeah, you're right, it is. But that's like, that, that's the only time that there's any intervention when it comes to like who lived or who died. Yes. And, and they ultimately, I feel like, did that because like, oh, we could either just write in an orphan or we could, you know, we could just do this one thing. And in a storyline that's already arguably really fucking dark, it played. maybe it makes sense. And it did. It was touching. One of the things I really loved, too, another great moment, was uh, after Oliver Queen's death at the beginning. And so he, he dies at the end of year one. Towards the beginning of year two, there's a moment showing um, Oliver Queen and Dinah, who's just Black Canary, going to a bar with uh, Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they're all off duty and in, like, the regular clothes. And even just, like, at one point... Uh, some big tough bastard chum comes up and tries to hit on Black Canary because I mean, come on, she wears fishnets, she wears leather, right. she has shit. Um, she's a total badass chick, and Oliver Queen's got his little curled mustache, you know. But uh, she, you know, he's like, he's like, no, nah. he's like, I. And Hal Jordan's like, I don't like doing this. I'm a third will. And he's like, he's like, he's like, and the, and he's like, I don't have to say. It. And Oliver Queen's like, I don't have to say anything. He's like, she's got this. He's like, I love watching her work. 
And Dinah just like tells the guys off. They start shit. They start shit with Oliver Queen and like grabbed his beard or something. Yeah, because they were making fun of him for his mm-hmm. how dainty. And he she be, and she ends up beating the shit out of all of them. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and Oliver Queen like flicks a peanut at one guy and like hits him in the eye or yeah. something. And she's like, "You didn't have to do that. I had him." And he was like, "I know." He's like, "I literally lifted one finger." <laughs> and they just go back to drinking their drinks. And um, and and, and Hal Jordan's like, "See, I told you, third will." <laughs> So that's ending up, now we are in, but that ends up, you know, beginning of year two. Now here we are in year two. Now year two of Injustice deals with more of your cosmic side of things. Green Lanterns come, mm-hmm. into, come into play. Um, and I believe it starts out with Kyle Rayner returning to Earth, right? It does, yeah. So <clears throat> Kyle Rayner is coming into Earth, and if I'm not mistaken, he has no idea of anything that's going on. No, he's been, None he's been out of work. Same thing with like, uh, remember they even talk about, uh, not Michael B. Jordan, um... <laughs> Johnny Storm? No, the black guy. The T'Challa? Black, why is my brain down a blank? Nope, that's Marvel. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan was in... No, but the black... Cyborg? Uh, the black Green Lantern. Oh, John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah. That's different. total different name. Yep. So he... Is he in the beginning too? They talk about him. He's been off planet dealing with some kind of scourge thing on a on a planet. And whenever the green... Whenever the... Uh, um, the Guardians summon him away. Right. He's like, I can't leave this planet right now. Do you know what kind of shit's going to go down when I go? And they're like, we don't care. Leave it. So, that, and, and so that's the whole thing. All of this stuff that we've been talking about, Injustice Year One, is strictly happening on Earth. Mm-hmm. So the Green Lanterns obviously wouldn't know. If Hal Jordan's part of Superman's crew, he's not going to call out and say what's going on. Yeah, so the Green Lanterns fine. aren't going to know. So Kyle Rayner's coming back, and I believe this is how Season 2 starts. Like, I want to say this is the first yeah, issue one, the first few panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kyle Rayner's coming back, and as he's flying back, he runs into Sinestro, who is already part of Superman's core. Yep. Sinestro, the the yellow the yellow lantern. Him and some of his cronies catch Kyle Rayner as he's flying up. And I can't really remember what all they're saying, but basically um, they get some yellow uh, ropes, tie him around from each each of the other four guys' rings, tie him around Kyle Rayner's wrists and yeah, they're ankles. Talking, they're, they're talking about how there's a war coming. Right. So. As they do this, Sinestro's letting Kyle know everything that's going on. There's a war coming to Earth. And then all of a sudden you see, so Kyle's sitting there and uh, Sinestro walks up and he kind of puts this yellow cloud around Rainer's green ring before he can... Kyle's... Rainer's in the middle of trying to call the other Green Lanterns let him know what's going on. Sinestro wraps it in the the yellow light. I guess that kind of dampens it. He can't do anything with it. Rips his fucking finger. Yeah, and so what that what that yellow thing around the ring does eventually just rips his finger off, and Sinestro pulls his finger away. So now Kyle Rayner doesn't have his his ring anymore, and he turns to a normal human. Side note: He would have instantly froze if everything we hear about space is true. He would have instantly froze and would not have been alive for any of this. However, what Sinestro does is he's he as he's sitting there, you can see in the background, it's like kind of Sinestro's head, and Kyle Rayner's naked, just sitting Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, uh, you can see Kyle, Sinestro's head and like a silhouette of Kyle Rayner tied up in the back. He's like, there's a war coming. And then the next panel is the same, same picture, only Kyle Rayner has been drawn and quartered by those four guys. And Sinestro's like, unfortunately, he won't be around to see it. Mm-hmm. And that is how year two starts. Kyle Rayner is, that's the only appearance of Kyle Rayner through the whole thing. That dude, and he was my favorite Green Lantern. He's dude. still my favorite Green, Green Lantern. I just remember reading that thinking to myself, I'm just reading Not it. Not just because he has my name. It happened, what's that? Not just because he has my name. Right. So, I, I mean, I, it, it took like five panels or maybe two pages, eight panels to do. And I'm reading it. And right when I was done reading, I was like, did that really just fucking happen? 
Yeah. They really just cut, like nothing. He's dead. He's gone. No one even knows he's dead. It's brutal, too. He couldn't call anyone. He's dead. No one knows he's dead. So Nestro's got a green ring. Because I think he stopped it from going off, didn't he? Or no, the ring escaped, didn't he? Yeah, the, yeah once, once he was dead, once they die, once a Green Lantern dies, yeah. you can't stop the ring. The ring's the, the ring just like, it's... I, I'm, it's just Unless you're Superman. Yeah. Oh, true. But that's Superman. But yeah, the uh, the ring shoots off uh, Green Lantern of Sector, blah, 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 right. deceased. And it goes to find a new candidate. Right. Um, yeah, that shook me, though, because like Kyle Rayner was always my favorite Green Lantern. Um, Hal Jordan is a military guy, a, an air pilot. Um, John Stewart. John Stewart. <laughs> John Stewart, same thing. And like now, and Kyle Rayner though, the thing that I loved about Kyle Rayner was he's an artist. So the things that he would cook up with, with the power of a Green Lantern to just make whatever the fuck you want was way cooler than anything everybody else made. It's not some machine gun or an airplane flying into, or a fighter jet flying into something. Yeah, it's not just a, it's not just a fighter jet. It's not just a boxing glove. It's you not know. a chain. No, he would make some giant weird space creature to help fight just because like he had that type of imagination. Now, of course, me being an artist when I was a kid um, and I guess the one, but like same name. Yeah, whenever he came out in like the early 90s, I love Kyle Rayner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another story for another day. So yeah, year two deals with Green Lantern's getting involved because uh, Guy Gardner. I just always am. How can you not be happy when Guy Gardner shows up? I don't know much about Guy Gardner, honestly. He was, I know it's Green Lantern. He was a stand-in Green Lantern for, uh, for Hal Jordan back in the way back in the day. For Earth, for for back in the day, and then they just made Same two with John Stewart, two Green Lanterns, and then three Green Lanterns for Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then four Green Lanterns with Kyle. And Rainer. then four Green Lanterns. Yep, but they all split off and kind of do their own thing. They're not always at Earth, um, and. But Guy Gardner being a main character in this as well, uh, there's this there's this sarcastic like human side that Guy Gardner always brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Sinestro is of course pulling the strings behind Superman because um, Sinestro being a Yellow Lantern, Yellow Lanterns deal with fear, mm-hmm. and Superman's just filling fear into everyone. I mean, think I think super, like Batman even out Superman, like Superman goes on a tirade. Um, I yeah, when he kills Black Canary. When he, when he almost basically, whenever he quote-unquote kills Black Canary before mm-hmm. Dr. Fate intervenes, which Superman doesn't know. No one knows that Dr. Fate intervened with Black Canary. But so, for as, for as much as everyone knows, Superman killed Black Canary. Um, Hold on a second. What? Where was Dr. Fate when Lois was dying? He was in the Fate Tower. Yeah, whatever. Thing. Yeah. Let's pick and choose. Pick and choose. But whenever uh, Dr. Fate, whenever Batman kills... Black Canary, you know, or I'm sorry, Superman kills a woman, beats her brutal, like Batman broadcasts that to the whole world. And oh yeah, I remember that. Yep. They know. They now know your. They now know your true side. They know who you really are now. Mm-hmm. And they didn't yeah, because kind of because that was actually a big theme for some time in the comics. Was that in year two that happened? Yeah, that was in year two. Okay, uh, because there was a theme up until that happened where he was really trying hard. It might even have gone on after that where he was. He doesn't want anything in the public. He does not want the public to see what's going on. He mm-hmm. does not want the public to know. Am I, that's right, right? Yeah, that was he a theme. Wanted, yeah, he yeah. wanted them to reap the benefits of what he was doing. He didn't want them to know. And that was also, this is also the same time where he sits down to play chess with uh, Flash. Flash, like, Flash and him start playing chess and um, they're doing it speed. Like, mm-hmm. like they're, light, you know, light speed chess they're playing. And um, they talk about the, the, the formalities of chess, the strategy of it, and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, Superman's like, I want to take away guns from the earth, you know, while they're playing chess. And he's like, checkmate. 
and they set it up and playing again and Flash is like what's they going to do are you going to be able to get all the guns um, you know and then and then you know Superman keeps getting checkmate on him and he's like and then but then as the conversation grows he's like but then what's next like are we going to tell you going to take away tobacco you're going to take away alcohol are you going to take it what at what point do you stop do you just start taking away choices from them mm-hmm. and then Flash is like checkmate Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a twist there at the end where they're having this debate while playing chess, and suddenly Flash keeps checking him, and Superman even tells him like I'm glad we had this, thank you, mm-hmm. and and so Superman doesn't do some of those things, right? Um, but of course, getting as we go into this, like uh, Superman almost gets killed a couple times. Yeah, don't they? And they, and they call all the Green Lanterns back at one point to Oa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call the Green Lanterns off, man. The the Guardians are pissed off because like Superman's thrown into a balance. Plus, they have to stop the Yellow Lanterns because mm-hmm. the Yellow Lanterns are going to throw off balance of of the Lanterns, and they're all working with Superman. They're all yep. getting super powered. And then, unfortunately, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure this kind of happened out of nowhere. John Stewart shows up, and then Sinestro kills him. Close. John Stewart ends up going back to uh, Oa, and he sets he sets Hal Jordan free because Hal Jordan was in prison on Oa. John Stewart sets him free, but then because John Stewart didn't believe that he was bad, right? Yeah, he could. They were telling him, right? They mm-hmm. I think yeah, they were, they kept telling him not to do it. Mm-hmm. But but he believed in him. He believed he would do the right thing. So uh, John Stewart and Guy Gardner end up leading the entire almost the entire Green Lantern forces. Including Mogo, the living planet, mm-hmm. onto Earth, and they talk about like, really they, how those and they're like, you, they're like, you want to talk about? Well, it's a, it's a war coming from the garden. But I feel like John Stewart wasn't in it that much, really. Uh, John Stewart comes with it, but he reluctantly. His whole reason of going is he wanted to, he wanted to try and keep everything regulated. Because at first, it's just to show up as a as a display of power. Yeah. It's a lot of how a lot of these conflicts in injustice start off is just a big flex. Mm-hmm. And they try to talk it out, and that doesn't work. Superman almost dies, and then Superman kills everybody. That's yeah, that it. is kind of the story. <laughs> that is kind of how all yeah. keep going. Each each year, yeah. But uh, they they're able to subdue him and go on until the next year. And now uh, with year with uh, the Green Lantern show up, that's what they do. And their whole point is, you want to talk about the power of will? We have a planet, right? You think you can outwill a planet like a free thinking planet? So yeah, so. At some point, then Sinestro comes behind John Stewart and stabs him through the back, through the heart. Yeah, he stabs him through as, the back, as um, Sinestro would do. And they even showcase Sinestro being like this this uh, delusional sociopath who you know destroyed half of his world, but according to him, he was saving it. And how his wife killed herself, but he was like, they killed her. And it's like, no, you just saw her commit suicide. And he's like, yes, and it's the fault of the people. And he ends up turning on his own race, right? Because it was their fault because he had to kill them all. It was all their and she fault. killed yeah. herself because he killed so many people. Mm-hmm. He actually plays a pretty big role in the Justice storyline. Yeah, especially... He's basically... He's Superman's, like... He's the unstated, undefined right-hand man. Yeah, like... He never says he's Superman. No one ever says he's Superman's right-hand man, but he's the one that keeps Superman... He's the one that makes sure Superman stays evil the whole time. Mm -hmm. He's always doing shit in the background. And the other one that does, I think, a lot of that is Ares. Yep. The God of War. Mm -hmm. But, uh... What ultimately ends up happening, though, Superman ends up getting defeated, but then... Sinestro pops in. Oh wait, no. Some one of the Yellow Lanterns dies, and Superman catches the ring, so we know he can stop a ring. Mm-hmm. And he becomes the Yellow Superman Lantern, and this is where you see Superman and a Yellow Lantern get up. It's 
It's just a great artwork. It is. Um, and then Superman comes back. Ganthus, obviously everybody's scared of Ganthus because he's like the most pop, most powerful Green Lantern. He's a super powerful guy. Mogo's a fucking planet for God's sake. Oh. Um, doesn't Mogo... Mogo does something big though before... Mogo fires off a blast and kills almost almost the entire Yellow, Yellow Lantern, Lantern That's right. Yep. And not only that, like um, Hal Jordan is led to believe... So Hal Jordan um, loses his rank because they're like, nope. You're done. And they take his ring. Remember remember mm-hmm. Sinestro? Um, Ganthet takes Hal Jordan's ring, I think, right? Yeah. And then what's her name? His, his, um, his, his girlfriend slash wife slash female character. doesn't matter. I cannot remember Hal Jordan's girl's name. Anyway, she's falling. She's falling. And so Sinestro's like, no, I'm not going to catch her, but you can. And he offers, her, he offers him a yellow ring. And that was a shocker to see Hal Jordan become a yellow lantern. Again. Technically, again. Um, and so Hal Jordan's a Yellow Lantern. Uh, Sinestro backstabs John Stewart, convinces Hal Jordan because who's a, who? Everybody's already worked up. There's a lot of there's a lot of energy in the room, <laughs> and um, Hal Jordan ends up killing Guy Gardner by ripping his arm off because yeah. he thinks John Stewart here. He thinks Guy Gardner killed John Stewart because Guy Gardner's been against him the whole time. Yeah, because Sinestro tells him that <clears throat> Guy Gardner killed John Stewart. And Sinestro's that Sinestro. Like I said, he's a sociopath. Yep. Um, then Mogo kills all the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah, Mogo fires off a blast, killing off most of the, the Yellow Lanterns and almost Superman. That's whenever yep. he ends up getting one of the rings. And then he gets one of the rings because he gets one from one of the dead Yellow Lanterns. And mm-hmm. then he proceeds to throw Ganthet and Mogo into the sun and kills them both. And I think that's kind of where year two wraps up for the most part. Yeah, it? it was that was so... That was fucking crazy, though. Yeah, the last battle was... Uh, I remember it now. It was pretty, it was a pretty huge, yeah. It was a huge space battle. Yep. Which, I mean, it was still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And Superman, like, holding down a guardian and, like, charging and, like, boom. And, like, just... And then you see the planet moving and you realize what's happening. He just throws a whole fucking thing in the sun. And it's yep. all gone. Yeah. Um, then we move on to... Year three. Year three, which is the magic or the dark. Mm-hmm. And you got John Constantine as mm-hmm. the main character in that, which is a lot of fun. Um... I didn't really know much about him before this. I, I like him. This is very. Oh yeah, John Constantine's a great character. Yeah. Um he's written very well. He is. In this one, it's like that. That's another thing that I really like about what Tom Taylor has done with all these. Is not only does he bring in all of these random characters, but he puts them. He puts. He showcases them extremely well, and you get like these big, broad stories into small portions. Like, um, for example, before now, uh, one of the deaths that happened was Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. Nightwing. And it's treated like a small version of death in the family mm-hmm. with this buildup for, for Batman talking about what it's like to lose a son. And you're wondering, is it Damon, Damian Wayne, his actual son? But it turns out it's Dick Grayson, which is what he always considered to be his first son. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't want to, I don't, uh, you know, as we go through these, I don't want to spoil too much of this stuff, but I will tell you this, like year three, it's going to, you've got, you know, John Constantine, um, who's working with Batman, um, to try and figure out how to uh, get, you know, be to get rid of Superman and mm-hmm. everything that's happening, um, and the reason why John Constantine has a daughter, and uh, her daughter, his daughter, basically becomes orphaned except for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if that makes sense, John Constantine moves whenever something affects him. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the good things that you get out of this Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing siding with Superman because. Um, the earth 
Mm-hmm. He's like, don't you understand? Without all the war, like the earth, the green. <clears throat> well, Poison Ivy was on his side. Protected. Dude, when they bring in... And this is the thing. Like, like John Constantine tricks, drugs, and gets uh, Poison Ivy into the fight. And now you got Poison Ivy versus Swamp Thing, which mm-hmm. I've never seen. Neither one of them know who each other are. But it's like Swamp Thing is aware of her manipulations of mm-hmm. the green. And she's like, I don't even know who you are. And seeing them throw down, seeing uh, um, like... You know, Phantom Stranger and the Spectre, because the Spectre is now on the side of Superman, and that's a huge deal. Yeah, isn't the Phantom Stranger, like, pretty powerful? Yeah. And he dies, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, that makes sense, though, because the Spectre just kills off a bunch of people, which the Spectre could. I mean, he kills Dead Man. And then we get one of the coolest moments where um, they decide, that, you know, it's decided in the last moment that the new Dead Man to be born is Dick Grayson. Yep. Um, but you got, like, the House of Mysteries, and you got the House, I mean, um, you've got Shazam. Mitzelplictic is the Spectre. Yes, he's posing as the Spectre because the guy who is the, normally the Spectre, and his name's eluding me, um, he's found to be locked up yeah. uh, in an insane asylum and not connected to his ability. And then they I mean, bring in Trigon to beat him. Trigon, and... you got Ragman. I mean, like, Ragman's an old cut, but, like, he's from... I mean, the, everything about Year 3 I enjoyed. Year 3 was one that I, that I, that I probably read the fastest. Yeah. Um, and obviously I was always a big Green Lantern fan so year two is a lot of fun Um, however in the end let's see here moving into year four that's where you have uh, now this is the Greek gods I full disclosure I didn't really care for year four that much I mean it was okay it's by far in my opinion the worst of all the years it is definitely the weakest when I say weakest right worst is a bad bad term yeah. Um, it's it's good. It's just not nearly as good as the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like. I I did not like the gods theme. And and you said that someone else came. The dude that wrote the first couple. That then they get split in half. But the yeah, dude that Tom, wrote the first Tom couple Taylor came back. Tom Taylor's no longer writing. But he wrote Year Five, right? Yes. I kind yes, of feel yeah. like because of Year Four is why he came back for you. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> that great. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't that great. However, there is one thing that I would uh, I would be remiss if we didn't mention. There is someone that we haven't mentioned. Through all this, really, and is the MVP in my opinion of the whole storyline is Harley Quinn. Okay. She doesn't have any massive like moments, but she is written really well in the story. Yes, but um, so like we haven't talked about her, but she even plays a major role through the whole the whole story. And you know what? I don't really want to elaborate too much on. It. I'll let the readers read that when they get to it. But she's fantastically well done. I have not uh, read a whole lot of DC, so I never really got the Harley thing. Mm-hmm. I've told you this in the past. I don't mm-hmm. understand why people really like her that much. After reading Injustice, I'm all in, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And in, in Injustice, same thing. Like like with so many other things, you see the psychiatrist side of her. Mm-hmm. You see the smart side of her. Um, just to quote one thing, uh, and this was back in year one, when talking about Joker, she's talking to, I think, Oliver Queen and, mm-hmm. uh, and Dinah, and she's like, do you know what it's? She's like, do you know what it's like though to be with somebody that you just love, and even though you know that they're a horrible person for you to be with, and even though you know they're gonna hurt you and they're gonna hurt you again and again, it's easier. It it's less painful than to be without them. And that is like some kind of sick level of codependency that yep. like that like we've either seen, experienced. We just we we know it's happened to somebody, or maybe it's unfortunately happened to one of us. But like. And 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 to see her kind of break that down, ooh. I mean, mm-hmm. she even psychoanalyzes a few people throughout the story of Injustice. She does. She goes back and forth between her and Dr. Quinzel a couple of times, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily put on the uniform every time, 
But there's times when she, they're talking and she'll bring out this like all intelligent stuff. And they even say like, no, I need Harleen. Right. Um, and that was one point for, as a matter of fact, I wanted to touch on in year three. Thank you for reminding me. John Constantine with, with Batman. John Constantine pushes Batman and mm-hmm. pushes Batman. He's like, you're fucking, and he even tells him, you're bloody useless. Because he's talking about all this magic shit going on with the specter outside. Mm-hmm. He's like, and we're, we're, your, your objective is to hide in another room? How dumb are you? I brought you all this way and you got nothing. I brought you all this way and you can't do anything. In the end, you are utterly useless. Batman knocks him out one punch, mm-hmm. which has happened before with Batman, uh, with the other people. And Batman then proceeds to walk out the door, walk right up to the Spectre, and just talk him, talk to him, mm-hmm. and talks him down. Later on, John, John Constantine found out he knew what he was doing. He yep. says, that guy that happened right there, that's what we need. I mm-hmm. don't need Bruce. I need that guy. I need Batman. Dude, there's another point we forgot. Wasn't C year two the year that Batman wasn't even hardly in it at all, or was it year three? When he was severely was injured, year two he had his back broken. Yep, and he's not even—he's not even really in it much. Well, it's in the cosmos. What can, I mean, what can you do anyway? Right, but I mean, I th- it's just great story writing. Yeah. Batman's the leader of this group, and he's hardly even in year, even in year two. And year two is great, fact, dude. There's so much stuff for, for people to read on their own that we're not going to be able to cover it all. Mm-hmm. Jim Gordon, yeah, Jim Gordon taking on the ability, dude. The, the okay, so we'll, I'm just going to button those up. We'll button those up with some honorable mentions in the end. Okay, but year four, yeah, year four was one of the weaker one was the weakest of, of all of them, but it was still good because it was interesting to see the Greek gods show up mm-hmm. and put Superman and everyone in their place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to see Poseidon try to attack at, at uh, Themyscira, and then Aquaman decides to show up, and his wife Mera, who can manipulate water, she stops a tidal wave, mm-hmm. and you know Poseidon gets involved, Ares gets involved. That's a really cool. It's a. It is. A, it is. It, it's fun. It was fun for me knowing because, like, I just like I like the, I like different pantheons. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it was interesting to see like that happen because I mean, they're on TV. Hermes, messenger of the gods, is like racing Flash. We're done with this shit, wasn't he? Yeah, he he was racing Flash, but he was like, "We're done with this." Uh, everyone of people of Earth, we're now intervening. All this shit's got to go. That includes all of your ch- all of your churches. <laughs> they turn into a war on religion. It's like none of this. The Greek gods are back. And, and everybody's like, well, we're not turning our back on our God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, this is, this is how it would be. You could have an actual right. God of like lightning standing there, you know, fucking 90 stories tall telling you like, hi, I'm a real God. Everything you believed was false. And people are like, nah, nope. Kind of like, you know, if the person they followed shot someone on Fifth Avenue, they'd still follow them. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to go there anymore. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and, uh. That was year four, though, um, and then year five. Year five is, of course, the last year leading up to the events of the game. So it is your, it is um, the big crescendo of the events, the season finale. If you so will. year, yeah, year five is when they start bringing in the uh, the other dimension. So basically, so I think we touched. I touched on this earlier, but what the game is is the whole storyline of the game is Batman's figured out a way to tap into the other dimension, and he brings in guys from the other dimension because they actually in one of the other Earths. Because, of course, in DC, however they do it, there's millions of different Earths and all this stuff going on. But there's one Earth where Batman actually was able to stop the bomb from going off. And because because the Superman in that dimension, if I'm not mistaken, chose not to kill the Joker. Mm -hmm. So he had to find that one dimension. I think is how it went. He had to find that one dimension where that happened. And then he pulled all those over. And then that's where he pulls in the Superman. And then the end, it all buttons up with Superman being in jail at the end of Injustice. And in the game Injustice, 
Superman, jailed Superman is one of the secret characters you can unlock. Yeah. And um, we've got... Green Arrow comes back. I mean, they literally all come back, but they're all different. They've got different looking costumes. Yeah, they're from a different universe. And that's, of course, I think that's from Batman and Lex Luthor working together. That's another thing we didn't even touch on. Lex Luthor, through this whole series, is on Team Superman and working from the inside out He's a for Batman. Yeah. So, which is we didn't, I forgot we never even talked about yeah. that. So, like, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. I mean, obviously, it's true that we 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 were both new fans of this whole storyline. Um, some honorable mentions, though. Like, I don't want to give too much away. So, like, I'm gonna decide between two things. Um, tell me something great that you remember. Well, I'm gonna decide from between two because I don't want to give both. Mm. So uh, I think one of my one of my favorite scenes that doesn't get mentioned nearly enough. I mean, we even watched some stuff on there. It wasn't on the top ten. Is when he kills Shazam. And it's not that he kills Shazam. It's the way he kills Shazam. When you're reading it, Shazam is just like. I feel like it kind of starts off as like an argument because that's another theme that we haven't talked about through the year one, year two, year three. So year one, everybody's on their side. Year two, you can see some cracks in the loyalty. Year three and year four, Shazam and Flash start to veer off. Yeah, they've been veering for, mm -hmm. you can see that slowly they're just steering away. And so Shazam finally stands up to Superman and Shazam's like the one guy that can stand up to Superman. Oh yeah, he could kill him. However, there's one power that Superman has, well, maybe one or two, that Shazam doesn't. Superman can shoot laser beams out of his eyes. And so at one point they're kind of talking and I think they're arguing and I, I, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it, it's evident that Shazam's going to fight Superman. Superman just walks up, grabs him by like the collar and is like saying something to him and just blasts him with two laser beams right through Shazam's eyes. And so he, and he drops Shazam to the ground and Shazam just has these two holes through his head yeah. and he's dead. He's gone. Mine, um, if I, I'm, there was I'm, no fight whatsoever. No fight. By the way. No, I, you're right. And, um, Mine involves Jim Gordon. Now, uh, Jim Gordon's story throughout Injustice is fantastic. The one that I love the most is during year two, one part of year two. Um, Batman is, of course, injured now. Mm -hmm. um, but or, an Oracle is working for him. Jim shows up uh, at where Oracle is, which is his daughter, Barbara. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Barbara was Batgirl. She's, she got paralyzed by the Joker. And now she's Oracle. She's the woman behind the computer. Um, he shows up though and he's like I know what you're doing you've always been great about it he's like but I don't have time he's like he's like, he's like hey, Barbara where is he and she's like where's who he's like Batman and she's like what do you mean she's like I know you're Oracle quit lying to me I don't have time for this shit and she's like what and you're just like holy crap how do you know that and he's like he's like stop lying to me he's like I need to talk to Bruce and he's like She's like, and, and, and like Batman's hearing all this too. And he's like, how? How does he know who I am? And he interjects on, on Barbara and he's like, what do you expect? I'm a detective. He's like, no, I don't have time for this. I need Batman. And he walks right past her and goes and goes into like her, her, her headquarters. That was, that was one of those moments where we were just like, oh my God, that was good. That was good. But like the whole story, like with Jim. Alfred, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and throw this one in there too. This was in the first year one mm -hmm. when Alfred is watching Superman and Batman argue, and um, uh, Superman attacks Batman with a broken back, mm -hmm. and he puts his foot on his back and he's crushing him. And Batman, now this is very reminiscent of uh, of Dark Knight, right? Mm -hmm. Dark, Dark Knight Returns, but instead of saying you'll remember this moment, Clark, where I had my hands on your throat, he's like, I want you to remember this moment, Clark, where you decided to torture a man to get your way. 
Mm-hmm. And Superman has that moment of reprieve. Like, holy shit, am I actually doing this? Like, I don't mean to... Like, I'm torturing Batman. I'm torturing my friend. Mm-hmm. Alfred in the shadows has been watching this whole time and he takes one of those crypt- those green pills that give people Kryptonian powers, turns around and headbutts the fuck out of Superman. Breaks his nose. Crushes his nose, ends up beating him in the ground and says, you will never again hurt my family. Alfred the butler beats the shit out of Superman. If that doesn't give you enough reason to read Injustice, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Injustice was definitely a good read. Yeah. Um, this has become, and we again, one of my favorite storylines from DC. Um, I'm going to definitely check it out. We're going to revisit this probably here in a couple months and don't want to do Injustice 2. Um, maybe, we'll maybe we'll do Ground Zero as well, mm-hmm. which is a cover of the story of the game. Don't read Injustice versus Masters of the Universe. It's a waste <laughs> of your time. <laughs> we don't want to read Injustice versus He-Man. However... You know what I can say? What? I've read all the Injustice now. <laughs> <laughs> You've read it all. Yeah. I got I got not very far into He-Man and and I was just like, all right, I, I just I got to do this. That way I can say I read it all. I can't not read it. And it was it was tough. It was let's, bad. Uh, let's wrap up our week though, man, man. Uh, tell me, is there anything else you've been reading or anything that you want to share? <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> what happened? I uh, I'll just kind of give you a rundown of some of the stuff I'm uh, I did. So I read Red Hood and the Outlaws since the rebirth. Okay. Um, that which is Red Hood, Jason Todd, and um, uh, Artemis and Bizarro. Okay. It's really good, man. They have thirty. They had up to thirty-three issues on DC Unlimited. I thought that was the end of it, but it's not. There's like I think forty-two out okay. now, or forty-four maybe. But it was really good, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I just had this weird thing about Red Hood. A, a friend of mine was a comic book guy when we were younger, and he just made this big deal about the Red Hood back in like 2012 coming back and. He's this thing, blah, blah, and so... Yeah, it was a big deal with Jason Todd, because Jason Todd's been dead since, like, the 80s. 80, yeah. 87, 88? Yeah, 87, 88. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, he he came back, so I really enjoyed Just that. Like Robin. Huh? Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was a good read. Um, then I started reading some Deathstroke and got really bored with it, and realized <laughs> I didn't want to read it, so I watched all of Doom Patrol on DC Universe, which was fantastic. It's a really, it, some of the episodes are really hit and miss. There's a couple of them that I was just like, God, this is the worst, some of the worst TV I've seen. The acting's, it's, I'm, it's well documented on the show how I feel about the CW, D, the CW DC. Same time. <laughs> this is basically CW production value on DC Universe, only they can curse, mm-hmm. they can show more gore, and it's, it's got way, Brendan, it's got Brendan Fraser, Timothy Dalton, Alan Tudyk, who is absolutely fantastic as Mr. Nobody. Well, what isn't Alan Tudyk fantastic in? True. But anyway, so I watched that. I recommend that. I watched. How, finished. Do, they, how, do, they, how do they handle Danny the Street? Danny the Street? Um, like, what do you mean? Well, it, was, like, it was really well done. Yeah. He's, he's just a, he's I've a, never even heard of Danny the Street before that. Right? He's just a street that can just appear in any city. It's a... Their headquarters. It's a um, Doom Patrol's headquarters? Yeah. So it's, it's not their headquarters in the show yet. Okay. They're still in the mansion. Yeah, it's an anthropomorphic street. Yeah, and they have all kinds of like um, drag reviews and whatnot. Yeah. And and the street talks to him. No, it was was done surprisingly a street. I was like, this is a street. We're talking about a street here (laughs) and they're doing it well. Talking to a literal street. That's where he's a street. Uh, Let's see what else. Uh, Caught up on Westworld. Watched Hunters. If you haven't seen that on Amazon. No. Highly recommend. Oh, I've been told to check that out. It's a Nazi hunters, right? It is, dude, and it is really, really good. Uh, I was really surprised. Al Pacino's good in it, but I thought Logan Lerman was. Logan Lerman was absolutely fantastic, and 
I don't know. Pacino's in a series? Pacino's in it. He's the only non-Jew that's in it. And he's one of the main characters. Nice. But uh, it's and that's the other thing. It's what else, what else is great about it is you have authentically Jewish people playing Jewish roles. This is my biggest thing. I've never been a proponent of um, like I just roles don't make sense to me when you try to squeeze a round uh, square peg into a round hole. Like for instance, if you've got a role that like requires, blackface. well, yeah, but like on a small, much smaller level. Like if you've got a role that requires an English speaking person or an Australian speaking person or and someone with an African accent. Just hire an actor from Africa that has the accent. Or like if I'm watching movies and I'm, I'm I'm seeing this movie and, you know, you got this guy talking and you know like it's Hugh Jackman doing a role and it's just some fucking role, some fucking movie. It's not like anything specific, from anything specific. Mm-hmm. And he's got an American accent. Why can't he have an Australian accent? Why can't he talk normal? That's how I felt about Finn in Star Wars. S- but John Boyega is British. Right. And like... Star Wars, you've already got some... Brit- Ray, Ray speaks with a British accent. Mm-hmm. Why can't Finn? Right, exactly. Why can't... Why? I don't understand that kind of stuff. So, when I come to this, you've got this movie about Jewish people. And I actually went back and read a story and there's this whole big thing about why Al Pacino's the lead in it. And it's it's really... It's a really well-written story and why he's there. Because it's then, Al fucking Pacino. Exactly. And that's basically what they said. They're like, look, man, I could have found a Jewish actor, but Al Pacino came to me and said he wanted to do it. So I'm, I'm not going to tell Al Pacino, yeah. no. Yeah. And uh, But the rest of the... Then he was like, but we made... You know, we made sure that the rest of the cast was all Jewish actors. We tried to stay true to it. And I love that because there are good Jewish actors. There's good African actors. There's good. You don't need to pick and cherry pick these people. But anyways, I just watched a new stand up set from Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. (laughs) Um, But it was it was just a really, really well done show. I thought Logan Lerman was fantastic. However, the guy that steals the show is by far and away Josh Radner. I had heard of Josh Radner. I'd heard the name, but I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And in the show, he's got this handlebar mustache and this long curly hair and whatnot. And the first ep- two episodes go by and I'm just like, who the fuck? Why can't I place who Josh Radner is? And then I realized why I didn't know who he was. Because he plays Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Mother and I fucking hate Ted Mosby. <laughs> I don't even watch that show because he's such a pussy. I can't watch it. I'm just like, this is a horrible show. Full disclosure, I was just Googling Josh Radner because I knew the name and I couldn't remember how I knew the name. And it's got, and as soon as you fast, it's fucking size Ted Mosby. Yep. But but as soon as I realized who he was, like I couldn't recognize him, but as soon as I realized who he was, you could see it dead on in his face. But he is so far and away different than his Ted Mosby character. He's just great. It's, it's a good show. So I watched that. Um, I'm watch, catching up on The Expanse right now. I'm going to watch Man in the High Castle next and Ozark. Man in the High Castle first because I can finish it. Okay. And then Ozark. And then I've also been watching The uh, the Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls. That's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of good uh, things. Um. <laughs> oh, and I'm also tearing up my landscaping right now. And your landscaping I'm trying to keep busy. Time. Wow. Which is highly unusual for me. Yeah, I haven't. What have I? What have, what what have, what have I done? Oh, not much, not much. But uh, I did start rewatching Scrubs because they have a podcast out. Do they? With uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison rewatch. Uh, they do an episode. Each episode's about about that about and each episode of the podcast is about an episode of Scrubs. Nice. That's and good. I love that show um, through college, so uh, that's been fun. Um, Scrubs wasn't ever a show I got into, but I didn't mind watching it. I do. I like those guys. They're fun. I do weird things, but I do weird things. You know, uh, that's, Scrubs that's isn't a, weird. That's the, no, but like even other things. Like I just recently got on a, um, oh god, on a kick with some old movies like um, uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. 
Oh yeah, Gene Wilder movies. Gene Wilder movies. I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mel I watched, Brooks. I watched Silver Streak the other day. Watched Blazing Saddles. And did for, Mel Brooks do Silver Streak? He did. No, he did uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, and yeah, Young yeah. Frankenstein. Um, so, you know, I go off on weird tangents like that. Did rewatch uh, like Demolition Man? Because <laughs> what's wrong with that? Everything's really wrong with that. Demolition Man is a fucking amazing. I don't know how it didn't win Best Picture of the Year. I had a friend who had never seen Demolition Man. Really? Yeah. Your age? Yeah. Unacceptable. It, it's okay though because it's been rectified and her world's been changed. It's been retconned. Yeah, it's been retconned. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking wrap this shit up. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week or next issue. Is it going to be next week? Are we going to be here? Are we going to be alive? We don't know. Phase one begins this week uh, as of recording. Phase one begins this week in Nashville. Yes. Um, if everything goes as planned, then there will be a phase two in two weeks. If everything goes as it seems like, we're going to go back to phase zero. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's three and then four, right? I didn't, Maybe. But, if, but that's all dependent upon if this one goes all right. It goes well. <laughs> it seems like comic books maybe are, are kind of still coming around, though. Um, some of the comic shops have kind of opened back up. Uh, they're definitely doing like, you know... Look, there are ways. There are ways you can be smart and you can be safe and still have things open. We're gonna the have problem this. is society needs to accept these new rules and limitations and understand that this is just the way it's going to be to try to protect other people. Look, you can either believe or not believe all of this is going on, but you know what? It's not about you. It's about everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that's kind of surprised me with some of the stuff going on in the world is that, you know, it just seems to be this big, everyone has gotten incredibly selfish Mm-hmm. And in, and that's one of the things that I like about what we do here, what we read, the things that we learn about is that like there is obviously something great, much greater than you and I. Mm-hmm. There is something much greater than than my feelings or your feelings because we don't feel the same way about shit. No. But we come together and have a great time here. Mm-hmm. I don't have the same feelings as some of the things that I that that I that I want to promote. Mm-hmm. But I align with it enough. Like this, there's just things that. We we have to we choose to do because it's for the better good of the thing, um, and and there are things that we hold to a higher standard than we hold ourselves. If not, we would do the goddamn job ourselves. Right. And so, be kind to one another. Do what you can for everyone. Fucking wash your dirty ass hands. Right. Wash your dirty fucking hands and put on a mask. It is not going to be the end of the world. It's it's like. Everyone was complaining they couldn't fucking do anything last week. This week they're told they can do some stuff. They got to put a mask on, and that and they're not happy with that either. Yeah, uh, fucking I, Americans, man. I don't. I, they, they, it's not even about a freedom anymore. It's about my. It's about entitlement. It's like we have right. a freedom. Of it's about selfishness. It is pure selfishness. Wash your fucking dirty hands. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it again. Like I will come to your house and I will kick your like wash your hands, uh, and be fucking kind to one another. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not that great at it. I mean, I can be kind. You'd be like, hey, man, can you go wash your fucking hands? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind in my world. However, you and I both have worked in the hospitality industry for many years. You don't anymore, but... Well, yeah, yeah you do, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, but telling people to wash their hands is nothing for us because we've done it. Yeah. Wash your fucking hands, wash man. Wash your hands. It's against health code. Wash your hands. Treat the world like you just cut fucking jalapenos right. and wash your fucking hands. Wash your hands is not something that's came around with coronavirus. No. No, no. I'm sorry if it's new to you. Right. You know. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this shit up. Um, as per usual, we have been trying to come up with a closing phrase. I thought we had a good one. Yeah, we did have a good one at one point. What was it? That was uh, uh, 
retcon. No dicks behind paywalls here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Fuck it. I guess I'll just I'll just keep that. Um, yeah, I got I got I got honestly nothing for today. No. But uh, retcon. No dirty dicks behind paywalls here. <laughs> <laughs>